0: We're listening to the podcast with Gateway Baptist Church, and we're diving deep into the I am statements of Jesus. We pray that this message is a blessing to you, and you can connect with us at any time at gatewaybaptist.com.au.
1: Well, when is the last time that you cried? Come on, just some of you don't need to think very far back. Some of you, uh, you're kind of going back in history a little bit, last time that you cried. Come a little bit of honesty here today. Who cried? when Molly died on a country practice. Come on, put it, yeah. The whole of Australia died 38 years ago. 1985, I was 13 years old, and Molly died on a country practice, and the whole nation wept. I can still feel the pain today. Brendan, he's moved on. Happily married, living in Summer Bay. For all you Home and Away fans, who cried when Charlotte died in Charlotte's Web? Come on, grade three. Reading Charlotte's Web, put your hand up. Crazy. If Charlotte crawled on your shoulder here today, you would flick her off and stomp on her and make sure she was dead. But when she died in the book, we all cried when a spider died. Who cried when they walked? their daughter down the aisle. Come on, dads. Which dads cried when you walked your daughter down the aisle? They say that uh, you might lose a daughter, but you gain a son. But what if you don't want another son? (laughs) And you hand over your precious daughter that you've invested your life into, to some young punk with 20 cents in his pocket. And he's the one that's crying when you get down the end of the aisle. Because he just realised to keep her happy, he's going to need a lot more than 20 cents. All right, come on. Honesty. Who cried when the Broncos lost the 2015 grand final to the Cowboys in Golden Point? Come on, hands in the air. This is what makes grown men cry. It makes grown men cry all over the world. Men of all ages, in any sport, in any code, any piece of inflated pigskin that goes through two white posts, we cry. We cry when we lose something or we lose someone that's very precious to us. And the tears in our eyes actually reveal the pain that's in our hearts. The tears in our eyes reveal the pain that's in our hearts. And I'm confident that if I walk through your door unexpectedly at some time in the last year, there'd be some tears in your eyes, not from a character in a TV show dying, not not from losing a grand final, But there'd be some tears in your eyes because you've lost something precious, or you've lost someone precious. You've lost a loved one, or or maybe you've lost a dream. You've lost something you put your hope in. Maybe you lost purpose. You lost dignity. And there's tears in your eyes, and it reveals the pain. That's in your heart. Now, 2,000 years ago, Jesus, not quite unexpectedly, but he did walk through the door of Mary and Martha's house and he saw their tears. He saw the pain that was in their heart because their brother, Lazarus, had died. He died four days earlier. And Mary and Martha, his sisters, are weeping and all of their friends have gathered around their house and they're all weeping, the loss of Lazarus. They're weeping because they've lost someone that's precious to them. And Jesus turns up to their house, and he sees their tears. This is what it says in John chapter 11. This is what Mary says to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Do you hear what Mary said? If you'd been here, Jesus, this wouldn't have happened. Jesus, if you'd turned up on time... You could have stopped this. Have you ever said that to God in the midst of your tears? God, you could have stopped this. God, God you got power to stop this. If you had a turned up, I would not be suffering right now. I'd not be feeling this pain right now. I would have not have lost what is so precious to me, God. If you just turned up. Jesus, when he does turn up, he sees the pain in their hearts. He sees their weeping. He sees the tears on their face that reveals the pain in his heart. The next verse in that chapter is actually the shortest verse in the Bible. But it tells us something very, very powerful about the heart of God. I wonder if any kids in this room know what John 11.35 says, Jesus, down the front here, my songwriter, Jesus what? Jesus wept, is He right? Ah, Not only can you write songs, He memorizes the Bible. Well done. Jesus wept, shortest verse in the Bible. Very, very powerful. You see, it's pretty normal to cry at a funeral. And here we see Jesus crying with his friends at a funeral. But Jesus hasn't turned up for a funeral. When you actually read back in this chapter, we we actually see Jesus delaying his visit to Mary and Martha's house. He says to his disciples, you know, we're going to stay here for a little longer before we head to Bethany because I want to wait until Lazarus has passed so that I can display my power and my glory. This is a pre-planned miracle to raise Lazarus from the dead. He is not here for a funeral and yet he weeps. He cries with his friends. He weeps over human suffering and he sees their tears and he says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though they die. Martha, do you believe this? I want to ask you the same question today. Do you believe this? Do you believe that he is the resurrection and the life? That he who believes in him will live even though they die? Maybe you, some of you here today, you don't yet believe this and you've got some big questions about faith You've got big questions about why did Jesus die. You've got big questions about how do we know that Jesus rose from the dead and what difference does it make anyway. As Tim's already said, we'd love you to take that Alpha invitation card, which is just on the seat in front of you. We'd love you to come along to Alpha uh, this term and uh, just be part of this journey of asking all of your big questions. No question is off the table. Come along meet some new friends, have a great meal and ask some big questions of faith. Jesus says to to Martha, do you believe this? And Martha says, yes. I I believe that you, Jesus, are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. Jesus says to, to Mary and Martha, where did you lay him? Tell him to come out. And Mary says, but Jesus, he stinketh. He stinketh. I mean, there's stinky, and then there's stinkier, and then there's stinketh. He's been dead for four days. He stinketh. Who's got someone in their family that stinketh? Just put your hand up. Just point to that person. I have feet... I'm alive and living, and my feet stinketh. I, I hate to think what they're going to smell like when I die. When I take my shoes off in the living room now, you know, parents of young children check their toddlers' nappies. That's how bad my, my feet stinketh. And I have passed on this gift to my son. His feet stinketh even more than my feet stinketh. But, but maybe in your family in this season, you've actually cried some tears over what's going on in your family, and you said, God, this stinketh. This really stinketh. This is really painful. And there's been some tears that have flowed that reveal some pain that's in your heart. In the midst of all of the tears and all of the pain, Jesus says to Lazarus, Come out, come out. And a dead, stinky man walked out of a tomb. Jesus not only had power over nature, he not only had power over sickness, he not only you know, had power to teach with authority, but Jesus Christ is the only person that ever had power over death. Do you believe that he is the resurrection and the life? He is the only one that has power over death. Jesus knew that he wasn't going to a funeral. It was a pre-planned miracle. So why does he weep? Because Jesus feels your pain. Jesus feels the pain in your heart. He sees the pain of human suffering in this world. And he grieves over it. The the Greek word that we translate deeply moved and troubled, it's actually more than just sad. It's angry. Like you felt angry over some of the suffering in your life and in loved ones, and you said, this stinketh. Jesus was angry when he saw the pain of human suffering, and he wept. He cries with his friends, and he cries with you. Philip Yancey put it like this, Lazarus' story gives not only a preview of Jesus' future, but also a compressed view of the entire planet. All of us live out our days in the in-between time, the interval of chaos and confusion between Lazarus' death and reappearance. Although such a time may be temporary and may pale into insignificance along the glorious, alongside the glorious future that awaits us, right now it is all we know and that is enough to bring tears to our eyes. It's enough to bring tears to Jesus' eyes. If you're here this morning and you thought that God was uninvolved and unmoved by your pain, if you thought he was just a big ruler in the sky, who sees your pain that you're walking through as insignificant, think again. Jesus, Son of God, knowing how good everything's going to turn out. Knowing that Lazarus would rise, knowing that he would rise, knowing how good heaven was going to be and will be for all of us who put our faith in him. He weeps with you. He feels your suffering. He's not removed from the pain of his friend's death, and nor was he removed from the pain of his own death. Let me just read the night before Jesus died. Lost it. Here. might put it on the screen. Matthew 26. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled once again. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. The night before Jesus died, he knew the pain that he was about to endure. Not just the pain of being betrayed by his friends, not just the pain of of facing an unjust trial, not just the, the pain of being stripped naked and humiliated, not just the pain of being whipped within an inch of his life and whacked with a stick, not just the pain of being forced to carry a heavy cross that was not his to bear. And not just the pain of having nails driven through his hands and through his feet, and not just the pain of a crown of thorns being pushed down into his skull until blood flowed mingled down, but it was the pain of all of the sin of all mankind, all of your sin, all of my sin, all of our filth placed upon his shoulders all of the weight of sin and he would be separated from his father for the first time so that you'll never have to be again. Jesus felt that pain. He knew what was coming and he said, Father, please take this cup from me. It was a bad cup. After the service this morning, you've got a choice between a good cup and a mediocre cup. You can go into the coffee shop and get a good cup of coffee for five bucks, or you can keep going out the doors and you can get a free cup of coffee, which is instant and mediocre at best. And normally, the better the cup, the more expensive, the higher the cost. But this cup. This cup that Jesus was about to drink was a very expensive cup and a very, very bad cup. It was the cup of condemnation. He would be condemned for your sins and my sins so that we would never have to be. And he longs for it. He cries out to his Father, if there is any other way, but not my will, but yours be done. I encourage us this Easter, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses. He was tempted in every way, yet he did not sin. And so we, because of what he's done for us, we can come before his throne with confidence and receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. If you're here this morning and there's been times you said, this stinketh. This is too much for me to bear. If you've faced humiliation, if you've faced betrayal, if you've faced relationships being torn apart and separation and you've wept and you've cried out, Jesus gets you. He's been through it. He empathizes with your weakness and he invites you to cry out to him and receive grace to help you in your time of need. If you follow that story in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see that Jesus comes back to his friends after crying out to his father and they've fallen asleep and he's very disappointed with them. Not once, but twice. He's disappointed that they haven't kept watch, they haven't prayed with him. I think what he wants them to understand is that what he asked them to do that night, to stand with him in his moment of grief, in his moment of suffering, is what he wants all believers, all of his followers for all time to do in the in-between time. While there is still tears on this earth, he calls all of us who are followers of Jesus to stand with one another, to comfort one another, to pray for one another in our times of suffering and grief. It is the joy of being part of a big church family. It's the joy of coming together to worship. And I want to give you an opportunity later today to have some people in this big family stand around you and pray for you and ask that the presence of God would be known by you, that you would receive his comfort, you would receive his hope, you would receive his healing. Don't miss this chance today. God invites us into a community, into a family where we minister the comfort the grace, the mercy of God to one another. There's one final cry on this cross. I'm going to need one of you kids to help me with it. It was, it was a good cry. It was a painful cry for Jesus, but it was a cry of triumph, a try, cry of victory for us I'm going to have to go over this side. I've seen you standing up with bunny ears on. What was Jesus' final cry on the cross? Say it again. Is she right? Come on, say it with us. It is finished. Well done. Jesus did drink that cup of condemnation. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could be made right with God. And now because he drank that cup of condemnation, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is good news, people. You will never be condemned for your sin. Jesus has taken it for you. It's finished. It's finished. Jesus' dead body was taken off that cross and it was placed in a tomb and laid to rest. And it was sealed by a heavy stone and guarded by two Roman guards. But when the women went to anoint Jesus' dead body, they found the stone was rolled away and his body was missing. And in his place was two angels sitting at his head and at his feet. Let me just read just a little bit of that story from that first Resurrection Sunday. It says, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They're obviously male angels. I get in trouble for asking that question. Apparently you don't always have to have a reason. Why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. Now just recognise these next bits are in red because it means Jesus said it. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Just saying. Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, Tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbono, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I've not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. We're not sure if Mary Magdalene is the same Mary as Mary of Bethany. Theologians have been arguing over that for the last 2,000 years, and I'm not going to try and solve it today. But what we do know is that Mary loved Jesus because she was forgiven of her many sins and set free from her past. And she saw him die. And on that first Resurrection Sunday, she's not yet rejoicing. She's still weeping because the one that she loved, the one who'd forgiven her so much, the one who'd been so good to her and set her free from her past, is now dead. And to make it even worse, his body is missing and she can't honour him the way that she wants to. And when she turns up at that tomb, she's flooded with tears. And Jesus says to Mary, Why are you crying? He's saying, If the reason for your tears is my death, if the reason for your tears is because you have lost the one that you loved, if the reason for your tears is because you've seen someone precious to you suffer and die, then there is no more reason to cry. I'm here, I'm alive. And Susan read the great cry of the angels at the tomb earlier this morning. And it's a cry that has resounded around the world ever since every Easter Sunday. And we've been crying it out this morning. And I'm going to give kids one more chance to get an Easter egg. What was the cry of the angel at the tomb? He is what? Is he right? Hey, well done, buddy. Whoa. He's risen. Jesus Christ, perfect lamb of God, hung on a cross to put your sins to death when they went to the tomb to anoint his dead body. The angel said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Can I hear an hallelujah this morning? <laughs> Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, alive today, went through death and he came out the other side. And it might be, as our friend in the baptistry said before, it might be a narrow road to walk, but it is a road through death and into life everlasting. And the big difference between the resurrection of Lazarus at Bethany and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from Nazareth is that Lazarus died again. He was put back into a tomb. His body was laid to rest sometime later. We don't know how much longer. But Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he ascended to heaven. He ascended to the right hand of the Father. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father, which means all power and all authority has been given to him. And just as certainly as he lived and he died and he rose again, Jesus is coming again one day to make all things right. And this is the promise. When he comes again, I'm going to wipe away every tear. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more sickness. All of those things will have passed away. And we will live the fully resurrected life. But right now, there's two pictures in this in-between time. There's two beautiful pictures in heaven I want to finish with. In Psalm 56, it says this, You keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. I don't know what this year's been like for you. I don't know whether your bottle in heaven where Jesus is collecting your tears, is this big? Or whether you need a bottle like this. It's been a tough year. What I do know is a promise that he collects your tears. He keeps track of your sorrows. He walks with you. He will never leave you. He gave us the Holy Spirit to comfort us in our time of need. And we have the joy of being part of his new community, his resurrection community, trusting in the new life and the power of Christ and waiting for him to come again, that we would stand together in our tears and pray for one another and pray that we would know the comfort of heaven who keeps track of your tears The other beautiful picture is this golden bowl in heaven and before the throne of God there's this bowl where Jesus is collecting all of the prayers of his saints. Not one prayer you've prayed, not one cry of your heart has gone unheard. He's collected every prayer. In Revelation 8, there's a picture of a time where those prayers get tipped out, power gets tipped out, from heaven to earth. And sometimes we'd like the timing to be different. We'd like God to do it on our timetable. And we say things like, Jesus, if you'd just turned up, this wouldn't have happened. We wanted to turn up at a different time. This is the promise of our risen Savior. There is not one tear you've cried. That he's not tracked and he's not collected. And there's not one prayer that you've prayed that he hasn't heard and he's not holding. And there'll be a day when he tips out power from heaven to earth. Resurrection Sunday is a great day. It's a day of celebration, it's a day of great joy because the God of heaven stepped down into earth. And he walked in this stinky, sin-ravaged world. And he felt the pain of suffering in this world. And he's able to empathize with our weaknesses. He took our death, the sin that we committed and the death that we deserved, he took them upon the cross and he put them to death. Never to be condemned again. He took all of our condemnation. And on the third day, he rose from the dead, making a way for all of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ, who walk that narrow road to know life everlasting. And in this in-between time on earth, he collects every tear, he hears every prayer, and he invites us into a community where we can pray and comfort one another. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this this morning? I want to give you a chance this morning if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ or maybe you put your faith in Christ a long time ago. I want to give you an opportunity today to pray a prayer of asking Jesus to forgive your sin and starting a new life of walking with him. This is the prayer I'm going to get you to pray in just a moment up on the screen. You can have a read of it so you know what I'm going to invite you to pray. It's simply a prayer saying, God, thank you for your love for me. Sorry for the way I've sinned against you. Thank you for sending your son to die for me. Thank you that he rose from the dead, and I want to live this new life with him. If that's your prayer today, if you believe this, and maybe you've never put your faith in Christ, or maybe you put your faith in Jesus some time ago, but you've wandered away, you've turned your back on God, maybe you got to a point where you just said, this stinketh. God, you didn't turn up. God, this is really painful. It's too much for me to bear. And today you just know Jesus is drawing you back. You're just saying, I've never left you. I'm here for you. I'm your only hope. I'm here to comfort you. I'm here to give you life today and life everlasting. I want to give you an opportunity to pray that prayer today. Whether you're online, there's a chance just for you to say, hey, I'm praying that prayer online. You can just click that button. If you're here in this room, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand in just a moment. I us going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. If you're here this morning, while every eye's closed and head's bowed, you're saying, that's my prayer. I'm put, I believe this this morning. I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. Can I just get you to raise your hand wherever you are to say that's my prayer? Just stick it up just so I can see it for a minute. Bless you, good man. Bless you. Bless you guys. Up the back, bless you. Bless you. Who else today? Bless you guys. Who else would say that's my prayer? Just stick it up if you want to join. That's great. You can put your hand down. Anybody else today? bless you up the back. Good man. Let's pray this prayer together. You can just pray it along with me in the quietness of your heart. Father God, thank you for your great love for me. I'm sorry for the way that I've turned away from you and sinned against you. Thank you for sending your son to die on a cross in my place. I do believe that Jesus is the Son of God who died to forgive my sin and rose from the dead to give me new life. And I choose today to turn away from a life of sin and to follow Jesus as Lord and Saviour of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together this morning to celebrate? With all those, we'd love to connect with you this morning. We'd love to give you a Bible. We'd love to give you some information to help you get started in, in following Jesus. I also believe as some of you here today, today is your day to declare your faith in the resurrected Jesus to declare that you have new life in Christ. While we're praying and singing in the last part of our service, if that's you, don't put it off. Come to the front. Susan, Sarah here, Brad, backstage. We'd love to help you make this step of obedience in getting baptised. We'd love to celebrate with you on Resurrection Sunday. Just come as we're praying in the next few minutes. Hey, I just know there's some of you here today and some of you online also that just need someone to gather around you and pray for you. If you're online, just click uh, in the chat there that you just want one of the hosts to pray for you. But if you're in the room, this is one of the joys of being a church. We're just going to invite some people to gather around you. Just pray that you would know God's mercy and grace in your time of need. If there's a cry in your heart this morning, cry for your family, cry for what is going on in this world or in your workplace, and you just want to know God's mercy and grace to help you in your time of need, I just want to invite you just to stand where you are. and I'm just going to get some people to stand with you and pray for you. Come on, if you just want some of the church family to stand with you, bless you. I know there's a whole bunch more. Come on, just, just stand where you are to say, God, I just need some people to pray with me this morning. I need some people to stand with me in my grief. I, I just want people to pray for the comfort of heaven. I want people to pray for my family. I want people to pray for prodigals. I want people to pray along with me the cry of my heart. And I'm going to give you one more chance to stand where you are. I know there's more of you that need to stand. Come on, just just, don't be embarrassed. This is what church is all about. We stand with one another. We carry one another's burdens. Pray for one another and care for one another. If you're going to cry in your heart for your family today, come on, just just stand where you are right now. Come on, why don't you just race around, stand with those who are standing. Just put a hand on their shoulder. I'm going to pray, but while I'm praying, just let a prayer resonate in your heart. Can pray over come on stand with someone today come on just jump up where you are don't don't have to stay in your seats Father God today God thank you that you're here that you empathise with our struggles thank you that you sent your comforter the Holy Spirit to comfort us in our time of need God, this morning I pray. I pray that you would bring comfort. You would bring hope. You would bring healing. You would bring breakthrough. On this Resurrection Sunday, we pray that you would pour out your power and bring healing in body, mind and spirit. God, you'd restore relationships. God, you'd bring breakthrough. Bring families back together. Bring prodigals back to yourself. God would you pour out your healing and your hope in Jesus name. Can if you're standing with someone this morning, just begin to pray over them. Just pray the blessing that God puts in your heart. A word of hope, a word of encouragement, a word of breakthrough. A lot of others are praying. I just know, I just know there's someone here today. Someone here today. It's your day to get baptized. It's your day to declare to the world that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Just come and see Susan or Sarah down the front. Come now. Don't wait for us to sing. We're going to sing in just a moment. You can come then. If you know today's your day, just come now. Come now. We got clothes. We got towels. We'd love to celebrate with you on Resurrection Sunday. If you're standing there with someone, just keep praying over them. Why don't we all stand together? We're going to finish on Easter Sunday just speaking the name of Jesus over our families. The name of Jesus, the name of hope, the name of power, the name of healing. This might be a song to sing over your family. It might be a song to sing over your household. It might be a song to sing over your situation. But come on, let's declare the name of Jesus in this place this morning.
2: I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence
3: be Jesus.
1: Strength. Fill us with your power today, that we may represent you well in this world. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, why don't you grab a seat for a moment? We've got a few people going to get baptised on Resurrection Sunday. Why don't you give them a big welcome this morning?
4: Still working the way to get changed. They're kind of getting changed at the back at the moment as we come. There's a few people who would love to do that. But for all of us who are here together, it's actually important for us as the church family to remember that baptism is an important part of our walk today too. Because we as a church family get to gather around those who are making this decision to say, I'm in for Jesus. We get to pray with them, stand with them, keep showing them the way. So my encouragement for us as a church family, these guys just finish up getting ready, is that we prayerfully be ready to support and encourage them. Can we pray together? Is that all right? Why don't we pray right now? Lord Jesus, us as your church, use us to come alongside every person who stands in this baptismal, every person who decides to put their faith in Jesus and help do the journey. Be disciples who make disciples. We pray in Jesus' name. God's people said, Amen. We have the pleasure of welcoming up Ezra. I wanna give Ezra a massive gateway welcome today.
0: Man, it was a joke in the water, is freezing. <laughs> um, you know, I've always said I followed it, and I guess today's pretty much the time to actually prove it. I think I'm sitting over there in the crowd, um, I sort of didn't really wanna let go of my old life, but in all honesty, it wasn't that good anyway. I could really get used to this, I suppose, eh? See you later. It's good knowing you. Out um, yeah, with the new Ezra, I
4: guess. Thanks. Stay here. The old life is gone, the new life has come, Ezra. Is Jesus your Lord and Saviour and you choose to follow him? Yeah. It's our privilege, man, to baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. that gateway welcome author
2: Kelly
0: hello it is very cold in here um, I just feel it's really important for me to acknowledge that I actually wasn't meant to be here today I was meant to be in New South Wales with my family and on the drive down on Friday my car blew a tire I'm fine, the tires were only changed six months ago. They could find no fault with the tire, but I blew a tire and I was stuck on the side of the road waiting for a tow for a couple of hours. No phone reception, but my friend Lou had given me a book um, a couple of days before about who the Lord is in times when you feel he's not there and I read it in under two hours the time it took for the tow truck to come. So the book talked about faith, trust, belief and today I feel is the day that I really step into that. Um, Thank you.
4: Here, Kelly. Love that you're here, and there's no accidents in the kingdom of God. It's all God's providence. I want to ask you this Is Jesus your Lord and Savior, and you choose to follow Him?
0: I do, and He is.
4: That's amazing. Let's baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Gateway welcome for Teddy.
0: When I was born, I was baptised into a faith which I had no access to until I was ten, uh, and my childish mind interpreted God as a fearful, punishing God so I didn't do very well. Um, But anyway, two years ago I came to Gateway and I have learned that that is not the case and I have come to believe that God is only loving and has only our good at heart and I have complete faith and have decided to accept Jesus as my Lord and Saviour
4: we have just got to make sure we get those out. Teddy, this is a rude question for me to ask, but how old are you, Teddy? Ninety-one. You're never too old for the kingdom of God. And I have had the privilege of watching your family in many different ways, in many different places, come to faith in Jesus. So, Teddy, I want to ask you this Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you choose to follow Him? I do. Then let's baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Pray for Ezra and Kelly and Teddy. Father God, we thank you. Thank you that you do keep track of our sorrows. You notice us, God. You see us. You see our hearts. You never give up on us. You never give up on us, God. You're such a good father. I thank you for the way that you have tracked down and stopped in their tracks, Ezra and Kelly and Teddy. You've drawn them to yourself. They've come to know you and come to love you. And today as they give their lives to you, God, you're pouring your spirit into their hearts, into their minds. God, pour out your love. Pour out your grace. Pour out your mercy. God, would you bless them today? Bless their obedience. And as we stand with them as a church family, God, I pray that they would go from glory to glory. They'd continue to see how good and how great and how wonderful you are. God, would you bless them today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Come on, put your hands together and say thank you to Jesus one more time. Kids, you might not believe it today, but that's better than Easter eggs. It's better than Easter eggs. But it is time, kids, to head out. uh, Five minutes' time, an Easter egg hunt. We'll start hot cross buns for all the adults. Have a blessed Easter, everybody. May you know the power and the presence of Jesus, whatever you're doing this weekend. God bless you.
4: you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.